Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Go to your iOS device, download the Locker Room app. You know what to do, and I will be there every so often recording a Locker Room, and you can ask questions, maybe even be featured on this podcast. Locker Room app on your iOS device. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is friday april 30th 2021 thank you for tuning in today we got two ball games to talk about that went down yesterday i apologize again this podcast is a little late and yesterday we didn't have a show no game no show sorry i've already met my quota Just not a whole lot to talk about regarding Tigers baseball, but we're doubling up today. Two games to talk about. This one is a little late again because Chris just gets tired now. Maybe I'm just getting older, but like I cannot stay up till all hours of the night anymore. I I need to have that schedule. I need my beauty rest. And so while I was originally planning on on having this thing uploaded this morning, I I passed out after last night's 11-0 beat down at the hands of the White Sox, but we're here now recapping the two games that went down yesterday, and of course in segment number three, we're going to preview the first game of tonight's series in New York against the Yankees. Game one yesterday, Tigers went down three to one, a a loss against the Chicago White Sox, and the story for Tigers fans will obviously be Casey Mize, and I'm going to talk about him in a second, but just as as a as a neutral observer, though I guess I can't claim to be neutral. I, I root for the Tigers to win, but as an as somebody who's who watches this stuff and tries to view it objectively, the story of this game more so to me was what Carlos Rodon did right as opposed to what the Tigers did wrong. Six innings, two hits, one run, one walk, twelve strikeouts. His ERA through the month through the month of April is zero point seven two. I'm buying in because I and look, I know any pitcher can have a good month. Hell, look at Jordan Zimmerman. He was the best pitcher in the American League in April of 2016, then nosedived like the Hindenburg for the next four-plus years. He was awful. But I'm buying into this because this guy's stuff looks legit. I mean, you you always question a guy who's suffered a fair amount of injuries. Is the stuff going to be as sharp? And I talked about this when I talked about his no-hitter is just how sharp his fastball did look. This was a really highly touted prospect. You know, he was drafted, I believe, the fifth overall pick of the 2014 draft, a left-hander, and uh, he went out yesterday and shoved, and he has shoved thus far this season. He's been probably the best pitcher in the American League so far through the month of April. Do I think that'll change? Yeah, I do. I'm sure Cole or Bieber or one of those studs will catch up to him, but you know, if you want to be a champion, I, this is my philosophy, and I've had this philosophy even going back to high school. You need to be talented, you need to be healthy, and you need a little bit of luck. Now, the White Sox are really talented. They are not extremely healthy. They had the really bad Eloy Jimenez injury, which I do think at some point will come back to bite them. Luis Robert is on the IL right now, but I believe he'll come back at, at some point. I think it's just the the 
uh, out of precaution, a COVID-related IL thing. But in terms of being lucky, <clears throat> there's not a single soul right now who believed that through the month of April, Carlos Rodon was going to be the best pitcher in the American League. They may have hit some here. I mean, they, they were ready to let him go, and Rodon re-signed with them. Uh, and he was great yesterday, absolutely shut down Tigers. Tigers could only manage two hits, and then, of course, this being a seven-inning doubleheader. Kyle Hendricks came on in the seventh and got his fifth save of the season, going one, two, three. On the mound for the Tigers was Casey Mize. And look, wh- however you feel about this rebuild, and you know how skeptical I am uh, of the whole thing, there is something to be said about the fact that when Casey Mize is pitching, you know, my, my butt moves a little bit closer to the edge of the seat. You know you know what I mean? I mean, this is a guy who many believe is uh, their cornerstone piece or one of their cornerstone pieces was kind of the first big draft pick of this rebuild. I, I guess you could say Matt Manning was, but I feel like Matt Manning was that, that moment, those few years where they were kind of in between. Mize was number one overall pick, and I thought he pitched quite well. Six innings, four hits, three runs, three walks, six strikeouts. The final line isn't amazing necessarily, but he had one bad inning. He had one bad inning where he lost his fastball command, and against a team like the White Sox, you can't afford to do that. I'm going to be really patient with Mize until I see something that makes me think that his stuff is not as sharp as it should be. Stuff is great. I think the he did a good job yesterday of incorporating the cutter. The cutter, though, I don't think that had really been a problem with him. What had been a problem is I think he kind of abandoned that slurve that he throws, the breaking ball that he throws. He was throwing that more yesterday and throwing it for strikes. Just ran into some issues there in the fifth inning. And I've talked about this about Lucas Giolito, and I talked about it in my post-game video yesterday where there are those guys who are highly touted prospects who have a rough season and aren't able to bounce back unless they do something drastic, change their arm motion, change their mechanics. Now look, it has been well documented, the flaws in Casey Mize's game in regards to his mechanics. I I don't want to fear monger, but I don't think I'm, I think I'm just mongering, period. I I don't think I'm, I'm in, in instilling it, fear in people when I say that there are many out there who believe that Casey Mize's mechanics, his arm motion, uh, especially when, when he delivers a pitch, uh, it lends itself to injuries. And, and it's one of the reasons why people were a little bit skeptical coming out of Auburn. Everyone knew he had great stuff, but they knew that the mechanics were not great. And that's something that I, I, my guess is he probably won't fix until, knock on wood, hopefully this doesn't happen until something does end up ha- happening, and he has an injury. Until then, enjoy the stuff you got, because it's it's electric, it's lethal. I thought he pitched uh, pretty darn well. It's been the most frustrating aspect of this season, where I think that what Hinch has talked about so many times about the, the identity of this team being starting pitching, that shined through on multiple occasions. They've gotten good starting pitching. I thought Mize was good yesterday, and look, the ERA, the, the ERA is over five right now, this is going to be one of those rare instances in which I'm not even paying attention to his ERA during this season. Because I think what we've seen out of Casey Mize, what is it, four starts into the season thus far, is a microcosm of, or I'm sorry, five starts into his uh, tenure so far, is a microcosm of the pitcher that we're going to see this season. You know, like, look at his five starts. You had a four-inning, one-run start against the Twins. Okay, that's that's pretty solid. Then he was sparkling uh, against the Astros. Absolutely lethal, seven scoreless innings. Great. Awesome. That's a, that's a great start. 
had a start where he gave up, where he had a home run problem against the A's. Not so good. Then I thought against the Royals, he was really pitiful. But even against the Royals, to be honest with you, and that's why I'm going to continue to be patient, even against the Royals, through four innings, I thought he looked great. He gave up two solo home runs. You don't want that, right? Obviously, left some pitches over the plate. But had he have gone, let's say we live in an alternate universe where he would have gotten through that fifth inning and that would have been his last inning, I just said, hey, good start. Like, I'm not seeing consistent mistakes, out of Casey Mize necessarily. Like, if every inning he was giving up solo bombs, I'd be like, all right, this is this is a problem. But I see him going out and tossing three scoreless and then blowing up in the fourth. Or I see him tossing, like yesterday, he pitched great through four and then fell, ran into some trouble there in, in the fifth inning. Uh, that stuff is correctable. And those are, it's difficult to develop starting pitching. Those are the kind of bruises that young, up-and-coming pitchers end up having. You know, he's becoming hardened by this whole uh, situation. I do think he will end up being a better pitcher for it. So, yeah, I mean, not much else to say. It was a seven-inning game, good pitchers, good pitching matchup, which I I don't mind at all. I mean, I could talk about that all day, but I know it doesn't interest a whole lot of people. They like runs and home runs, and we're going to talk about more of those in game number two, which I'll discuss in segment number two. See you in just a second. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added the baseball to the platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is as simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance, and two, good old supply and demand. Baby, when you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you'd like. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. Back for segment number two, and we're here to talk about game number two. Maybe the ugliest loss of the season so far. I know that early one against the Twins where Urania pitched was pretty bad as well, but this would have been worse had it been more than seven innings. Tigers lost 11 to nothing to the White Sox, dropping their record to 8-18. and Going to start with who was on the mound for Chicago, and that's Dylan Cease, who technically pitched a complete game. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, no walks. That's important for him, and nine strikeouts. I... I think he has the potential to be so dangerous. I, I, when I watch him pitch, I think he his first major league start, 
came against Detroit, and I just remember thinking, gosh, man, this guy, he's got it. I mean, fastball in the upper 90s, nice hard break in the curveball and the slider. Like, I think this guy might be might be something. I think he could be really, really good. And he hasn't quite been able to put it all together. Again, he falls into the command is correctable, stuff is not category, where he's got a live arm. I mean, he looks really good. Uh, it's just a matter of consistently throwing strikes. And he was he was fantastic yesterday, completely shut down the Tigers, which, you know, Maybe that's not that hard to do. Uh, Tigers could only muster three hits. They had five hits in these two games combined. But unfortunately, there was an injury. Uh, Matt Boyd pitched for the Tigers, uh, pitched into the second, but only completed one inning. So one inning, three hits, two runs. Both of them earned one walk and two strikeouts. He left the game, and it looked bad. Uh, Anytime a, a pitcher calls the manager and the trainer out, uh, you, you assume the worst. I mean, I, maybe I'm just being a negative Nancy, but immediately I'm a little bit freaked out. Uh, it, it was reported that it was knee tendonitis as of the time of this recording. He has not been placed on the IL. Uh, no, they have not talked about what his situation is. If there is a silver lining, obviously the last thing you'd want for it to be would be an arm or a, you know an elbow problem. And even if it was just elbow soreness, we know what that leads to. It seems like that wasn't the issue. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go on the IL because he's their best starter. I mean, obviously you don't want him to go on the IL. He's pitched great so far this year. But I said this in my post game video. The team's not going anywhere anyway. I mean, Matt Boyd had pitched maybe the, had pitched as well as I'd ever seen him through four starts, and he was two and two because they weren't getting any runs for him. But you feel bad for him, a guy who could potentially be. A, a really interesting trade piece, and look, I I know he likes Detroit, and, and he's he's a he's an excellent guy. So I don't think he's gonna he's gonna bad mouth him, but I think he's aware of the situation, and he knows he may be uh, pitching for an opportunity to be shipped to a contending team at the deadline. And I hope that this injury doesn't uh, doesn't really uh, derail his season because he's pitched really really well. Even last night, you know, ended up giving up those those two runs with that former came in and inherited, but I, I thought the stuff looked fine, and just, I like I like seeing him go to work when he's consistently throwing pitch, his pitches for strikes, because you saw yesterday, I mean, even in the first inning, and this is something you have to do against a really good lineup, mixing in a lot of change-ups with the fastball and the slider. I saw a few curveballs. I mean, he's done a really good job this year of keeping guys guessing, and that's when Matt Boyd is at his best. I think in the past, he's gotten too reliant on the fastball slider combo. He looks really comfortable on the mound right now. Sadly, yesterday, uh, the injury occurred, and, and I hope I hope it leads to nothing. I hope he able, he's able to come back, bounce back, and be in the rotation in his next start. I give him credit for noticing it right away and, and bringing the manager and the trainer out. The last thing you'd want is for him to be pitching what is basically a meaningless game and ending up you know, hurting his standing or, or making that injury worse. As for the rest of the game, I mean, it was a bloodbath. Uh, 11-0, not, never close. The White Sox lineup... Uh, they woke up. They they woke up, and, and not to say that they were ever bad, but you saw some guys come alive, like Moncada homered last night. Luis Robert was back in the lineup. Uh, I mean, it really is just a buzzsaw of a, of a lineup that they have there. And you know, you had Andrew Vaughn who went three for four. Madrigal went three for three. Lori Garcia had two hits. I mean, the bottom of their lineup in 11 at-bats, had eight hits. I mean, that's going to do it. Because those three guys, Vaughn, Garcia, and Madrigal, they aren't the cream of the crop. I think Vaughn could be. Very highly touted prospect out of the University of California. Was a first baseman prospect, I believe. Now he's playing uh, left field in Eloy Jimenez's absence. But but that's before we even get to Anderson and Robert, Mancata, and Abreu, who, who had a nice game last night as well. Like, it's a beatdown. It's, it's an ugly loss. And I, I guess there was probably people who expected me to be a little bit more angry after 
uh, the game yesterday. And, I don't know. It's one game. You throw it in the trash. The biggest the biggest problem, look, they gave up 11 runs. You're not going to win a lot of games giving up 11 runs. But because they had five hits in two games. They couldn't hit the ball. And, I mean, what are we doing then? You're not going to win anything scoring one run in two games. Now, credit to the White Sox pitching. Cease was phenomenal. Rodon was absolutely excellent. I think that rotation, even with Lance Lynn out, uh, is still very vaunted. Michael Kopech looks electric for them. I, I would say the fact that Tigers were able to somehow squeak out one, thank you very much, Tony La Russa, because of that, is kind of an achievement. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't get any easier. They got to go on the road to face New York and then on the road to face Boston. And like I said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's, look, that's a result of not having a very talented team. And that's the result of what happens when a not very talented team plays a lot of really talented teams. The White Sox, I, I the injury to Eloy Jimenez and, and La Russa being their manager does prevent me from maybe saying they're the favorites in the American League, but they're really, really good. The fact is, right now, the Tigers are one dumb move or non-move by Tony La Russa away from being on what would it be a seven-game losing streak, and now they got to go to New York and face Garrett Cole. Look, I'm not going to act like this team hasn't had a little bit of bad luck, because they have. I mean, injuries early on in the season. My counter to that would be, yeah, well, that that kind of happens when you sign older players. Now, Mazzara's obviously, that's a tough one because he's still in his 20s, but some of the other guys, it's that's unfortunately the, the bad luck of the draw, so to speak. You're going to have guys get injured. Like, Miguel Cabrera getting injured, that's not a surprise. And by the way, I... I know Hinch is adamant that Miggy needs to stay in the heart of the order. He he, he gave an interesting reason. He said, look, he, Miggy provides a lot more for this baseball team than just the, the hits. I, I, it seems like he offers a lot, might be the leader in the clubhouse. I know there have been a lot of arguing back and forth about that. Miggy got pissed about the White Sox maybe stealing signs the other day. That's fine, but you have a 560 OPS guy batting third for you. And, and look, do they have any better options? I don't know, and that's the uh, that's the unfortunate hand that A.J. Hinch has been dealt here, is that when he was in Houston, he could say, all right, yeah, I'll bet Bregman in the two spot, because right after him, we got Altuve, we got Marwin Gonzalez, and we got Correa, and we got Gurriel. You do not have that embarrassment of riches in Detroit this season, so I understand his logic behind keeping Miggy in the three-hole, but he doesn't look good at all, does he? 0 for 3 yesterday with two strikeouts. Yeah, 556 OPS right now. Even in previous years, like 2019 and, and even last year to a certain extent, while the power was absent, you could have at least looked at the numbers and said, well, the batting average is still good. Because it was. He's batting 146 right now. And he has those stretches. I know he homered the other night, but yeah, he looks brutal. And he got him batting third. With that said, nobody in the lineup. I'm looking at yesterday's lineup. Your top two guys, Grossman and Castro, 684 and 636 OPS respectively. Candelario in the four hole was at a 661 OPS. The best hitter in yesterday's lineup was Akil Badu, 854 OPS. You have guys like Victor Reyes, 364 OPS. I mean, that'd be a great batting average. That'd be a solid on-base percentage, but we're looking at power numbers. That's that's pitiful. You know, there's a reason why they didn't score any runs yesterday. And there's a reason why they haven't scored any runs in a lot of games. It's a really, really bad offense, and I don't see it getting much better. They're just not very talented. Uh, so that'll do it for segment number two. When I get back, I'm going to preview tonight's ball game in New York against the Yankees. Scooball versus Garrett Cole. We'll talk about that in just a second. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. 
Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Back for the last segment today, Tigers are going to be starting a three-game set on the road in New York against the Bombers. They're going up against the Yankees, and tonight's pitching matchup is very intriguing. I'll tell you more about it in a second. I mean, the guys on the mound are, are intriguing pitchers nonetheless, but this is a golden opportunity for one of the Tigers' young starters, but I'm actually going to start with who's on the mound for the New York Yankees, and that is Garrett Cole. He is 3-1 and one with a 1.71 ERA. Cole out this, of course, coming from MLB.com. How do you not know that? Duh. Cole outdueled reigning AL Cy Young winner Shane Bieber on Saturday. That was a great game. Watched the whole thing. It was beautiful. Striking out 11 Cleveland batters over seven strong innings. The Yankees' ace will now take on the Tigers, a club he faced twice this spring, allowing three runs on six hits with six strikeouts. I, I don't care about what he did in the spring. Garrett Cole is one of the baddest dudes on the planet. This dude guy is insanely good. That was such a good signing by the Yankees, and it's amazing to me he hasn't won a Cy Young yet. I mean, in most years, he would have won it in 2019. Verlander was just that good that season. I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys know how good this guy is. Fastball peaks around triple digits. Off-speed stuff is nasty. There's something to be said about a guy who can throw four. I think he ditched his two-seam fastball, but I I think he still throws it every so often, just not as much. So we're talking five pitches that he can not only consistently throw for strikes, but consistently strike people out with. I love watching him pitch, and I think since he's left Pittsburgh, and I, you know, no disrespect to Ethan Smith, who does a great job with uh, the Lockdown Pirates, but for a minute there, it seemed like if you were a young pitcher, the last place you wanted to go was Pittsburgh, and we saw what happened, how Glass now has turned it around, and now how Cole has turned it around, and you could say Musgrove as well, who's pitched some really good baseball uh, for uh, San Diego so far this year, including throwing a no-hitter. Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He has left uh, Pittsburgh and completely transformed himself from more than just a thrower. He's now a pitcher. I, I, I lo- One thing I like about him a lot, and Verlander was the king of this, and they, they played on the same team for a while, so it makes sense why he, he's kind of similar, is I love how he adjusts mid-game. There was a performance he had against the Blue Jays a couple starts ago where through the first inning, nothing was working, and he made those adjustments, and he was go- going back to the pitches that worked for him, and he, w- he made it through six really gutsy innings. He's dangerous, man. One of my favorite pitchers to watch, and he will be going up against Tarek Skubal, who comes in with an 0-3 record on a 5-2-1 ERA. Skubal found success with his splitter during Sunday's 2-2 inning piggyback start, and his fastball velocity was up a tick as well. That's good to see. A win Friday at Yankee Stadium would mark the first road victory of his young career. This is really a great opportunity for Tarek Skubal, and it's going to be tough for him to outpitch Garrett Cole. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to outpitch Garrett Cole when Garrett Cole is going up against one of the worst offenses in baseball. But 
I would like to see him rise to the occasion. Give us five, six good innings this evening. He's back in the starting rotation, and I know they're trying to monitor his innings, and who knows? We may find out at the end of the year that there was a mechanical issue that they wanted to fix. Uh, they pulled him pretty quickly. I mean, he really only had two bad starts, and, and then they yanked him out of the starting rotation. It, him and Mize are going to have a similar trajectory here. It's not a matter of stuff, though I do think Mize's stuff, and people might disagree with me on this, I think Mize's stuff is probably a little bit better than Scooball's is, but that is not to say that Scooball doesn't have the stuff to get guys out at the Major League level. His last outing, and it wasn't pretty, right? Two and two-thirds innings, piggyback start, gave up two runs. I thought he looked, like just in terms of stuff, as good as we've seen him this year. I, I think that he seemed a little bit more confident, like MLB.com brought up. Uh, fastball velocity was up. I was, even like when he was struggling, I was pointing that out, the 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 dip in velocity and spin rate, but I wasn't freaking out about it because that is one of those instances where I'm like, all right, it's 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 early, it's April, you know, he's three starts into his first full rookie season, not going to knock him for it. I know the stuff is there, and I know the stuff is good. He's going to be facing off against a good lineup tonight. I know they've been struggling a lot. The Yankees need these games because they have not played well. The offense has been really, really poor. It seems like they might be dealing with some injury issues. So, hey, why not? How about the Tigers go in there and take two out of three? Wouldn't that be fun? It is always fun beating the Yankees. So, yeah, that'll do it for this segment. That'll do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thanks again, everybody, for, for jumping on and supporting me here. It's been kind of a very hectic uh, couple weeks. Hopefully, I'm going to have some news uh, coming down the pike here real soon that I'm going to be happy to announce uh, regarding the, the future of this program. So, we'll see. But thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And go, Tigers.